HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Bend a Table, a monthly food subscription service for avid home cooks focused on delicious and sustainable pantry items. Learn more at bendatable.com. That's B-E-N-T-O-T-A-B-L-E.com. And when you use code HRN for a new subscription, you get $20 off, and we at HRN get 10 bucks. This week on Meet and 3, we look at how we've adapted to a new normal during the pandemic. From the business of restauranteering and the new habits of composters to learning from the past to prepare for the future, we're exploring what came before and what lies ahead. People in charge of the collections and the acquisitions looked at me and were like, what the hell are you trying to sell me cookery for? These kids are so young and we're teaching them that it's okay to throw out all this food and we have to figure out a way to educate these students to make them, you know, lifelong environmentalists. Tune in to Meet and 3 wherever you get your podcasts for the latest stories in the world of food. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you sun in the air. Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. Hey. Jets. How are we doing, fellas? Here we are again. <laughs> Here we <laughs> are, not together again. <laughs> it's getting it's getting easier, you know. It's get, every, every week it gets a little bit more, uh, you know, it feels a little bit more like we've been doing this forever, you know. I almost forget what you guys look like at this point. Uh, that's probably yeah. a good thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I feel like it's getting easier. I just feel like we're just resigned to it. <laughs> you know, uh, we got you, when you have no choice, the choice is made for you. So here we are. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I guess easier wasn't the right word. It's more kind of um I don't know, it just fe- it fe- like it's not the monstrous pain in the ass that it used to be. It's kind of, you know, we're we're figuring out the tricks and trades just in time to move into phase 2 and have to figure out what we do next. How's yeah. that how's that yeah. working out for you guys? You got some patio tables out there, right, Souther? Oh man, um, it is working. <laughs> I, I say, <laughs> I say, somewhat hesitantly. Um, you know, so we have ten outdoor tables uh, um, and t- total of twenty four seats. We've been open for two nights now. Uh, today's uh, today's Wednesday, so we opened uh, Monday and Tuesday already. Um, we're following all the protocols uh, and best practices, um, and uh, it is going. Um, 
I mean, it's going. <laughs> yeah. I don't, uh, you know, two days isn't enough data for me to figure it out. I'll tell you this, it is arduous. Every step of the process is difficult. Um, and uh, because we have to be so spread out, those, t- those 10 tables are very far apart. So it's a, quite a walk, frankly, to get to the furthest table, to bring drinks, to go clear glassware, to, to do the whole system. So, uh, and then, you know, with that few amount of seats, we, we even when even when they will be full from open to close, which they have yet to be, we still can't generate a lot of revenue. So there's parts of it that I feel are, again, similar to phase one where we were doing to-go cocktails kind of as busy work um, and just sort of showing our face to the neighborhood and saying we're here and we're going to try and survive. I don't think this is going to generate us any revenue that's anywhere even close to profitable. But again, we are showing our face and we're we're showing up for the neighborhood and we're being there. So that's that's currently my goal. Just show up and be there for the neighborhood, allow people to sit down, serve them drinks that they're accustomed to having from us in a very unaccustomed uh, environment. Um, and, you know, just, you know, smile behind our masks, uh, smile with our <laughs> eyes as best we can, you know, like and, and welcome people into into what we've got going and, and, and you know, do it within the rules and, and try and get it going. Damon, uh, how is it going for Grand Army? Did you guys start outdoor service as well? Um, yeah, I mean, we started takeout about a month and a half ago, and it's been right. actually pretty, pretty great. Um, I, I look at the the numbers, and the, you know, the, we're we're not not doing it, you know, and um, right. you know what I, I keep seeing with the fun thing on our like EOS EOD reports is that you know the the closing bartender writes them, and there's a spicy margarita count on every one of them, and because like right now it's like. It's all anyone really wants is like a fucking spicy margarita, uh, yeah. pretty much all the time anyway. So we just kind of like focused on. We started do like we have a different themed menu every season, and um, mm-hmm. what we our our ingenious bar beverage director Brendan Biggins, um, he was like, dude, you know how many different types of mole there are. He's like, from now on, we're just going to do a different type of mole for our spicy margarita. And he's like, we're never going to run out of ideas. He's like, that's done. So like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's brilliant. So it's it's been great because, you know, like it's always I feel like every time a new cocktail menu comes around, it's like the people who like get either bummed out on. They get excited about being being the one who has to do the, the spicy margarita or the vodka drink. And uh, and I'm always the one like <laughs> over the past few years I'm like I'll just I'll take the vodka drink because it's kind of fun you know like to make it interesting, but yeah. um but as far as the business goes you know we're on a corner a tree line street in downtown Brooklyn, um, and it's part of the Safe Streets Initiative so State Street is closed down and we can just put tables out there. In fact, we're building out onto the parking space right in front of Grand Army, and not just not un. Not dissimilar, not uncommon for places like uh, San Francisco, Austin, Texas, where they uh, build like a, a deck, like platform out onto like out into the street, like the parking area. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so so we're doing that, and uh, we're gonna, you know, we already have like benches and planters and stuff out there, so we're doing that. But that's uh, you know, like it's just figuring out how to streamline things and how to build it out in a way that is effective for the business. And, you know, like we're used to having that place like your bar, you know, like completely packed every night, you know? And so whenever you cut that down significantly and then have to spread it out, it's, you know, that becomes tricky. 
And also, you know, like like you said, you're doing it for the the community and the neighborhood. It's like those people want to see each other too, you know, and they want to be around each other and close to each other. I would say the the biggest um, comment from guests so far, only two nights worth, is just they're so happy to have somewhere to be. You know, they're just like, I'm so happy to have somewhere to be instead of inside my house. Or just walking, right? People have been out and about, but they don't yeah. have anywhere to stop and sit and have a drink. And I think you know, so that's the biggest uh, yeah. I think comment so far. I I think people are starting to really feel like mask fatigue. Like I know I am. Like I'm just like sick of fucking wearing a mask, you know. And so like yeah. in a way, like you know, going to a sidewalk cafe seating area, whatever. It's like it's just kind of like an opportunity to take off your mask for a second, you know. It's yeah, it yeah, sure has and, been for and me. Sit down and have yeah. you know the 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 restaurant fantasy camp experience that we've all been you know <laughs> looking forward to for the yeah. past hundred days. I mean, I yep. this this past weekend, um, I went to. I actually got out of the city for the first time since February. I was able to go to uh, Central Pennsylvania for a couple of days, and they're a little ahead of us, so they've been doing outdoor seating for a while, and you know I. I had someone ask me, they like, I told them I went to a restaurant and it was fantastic. They're like, what did you get? I was like, I, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. I was at a restaurant. It was delicious. I had, you know, interactions with the server. I got to take my mask off. It was, it was, it was like the, the good old days, you know? Didn't have to do my own dishes. Uh, exactly. Oh God. Right. Yeah. I'm tipping like an a- asshole because I've got all this money saved up and like everyone's getting <laughs> the biggest tips I've ever yeah, man, get it yeah, out there. Totally, man. Um, uh, on the you know, on the other side, though, my my home studio is looking real dope. Um, yeah, you know, I, I bet you've been you know, you were saying before, like getting used to it. You know, yeah, it's yeah. that's what I was gonna say. It's like it's not just the gear. It's not like you know, like the the mic and mic stand and studio monitors and everything. It's like all of a sudden, my my bedroom looks like. It kind of looks like our bar, or like our our studio in and the bar in uh, in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I'm running listen, low on some what? things, so I got this bottle of Fernet that's almost empty. So I'm going to finish oh, that no, today. Time to reorder. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know what would be an amazing challenge to face during this time would be uh, buying a bar. Greg, you yeah, want to bring in seriously. our guest and talk about uh, purchasing a bar during COVID? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. So today joining us in the studio, we've got Tony Zaccardi from Palmer's. How are you, man? Welcome. So you, I, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong here, you bought the bar two years ago. Is that right? Two years ago. I had my two-year anniversary uh, in the middle of all this. And I woke oh, up. oh, oh I'm, I must have misread. I thought you just did this purchase. No, no. I bought it two years ago uh, in May and, and I woke up and was ready to have, you know, that morning I all the memories came, came up on Facebook and then I cried. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, you know, I have an empty building that used to be a bar, you know, that's, it's now, uh, 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 just, it was just, I didn't, I had nothing going on at that point. I had no construction going on, no anything. I just was trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life after, you know, after all this, but thank God it's starting to wind down a little bit and get close to reopening here. Well, this uh, bar has a pretty tremendous amount of historic value, right? It's been around for a long time, so, you know, you have to make it survive this too, right? Absolutely. This bar, it's been around since 1906. It's been a bar. The building is 20 years older than that. Um, so it survived, uh, you know, the, the first pandemic, survived a bunch of <laughs> it's survived the president so far, it survived, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. So <laughs> I wasn't going to be, and, you know, that's for the viewers. I don't want to be the one to kill Palmer's, uh, you know, because it is such a storied 
uh, Minneapolis institution. Um, one of the three oldest bars and uh, three oldest liquor license uh, in continual operation. Uh, like we're so far beyond zoning <coughs> that the, the inspector told me one time I could build, <coughs> I could have a 10 story strip club on top of my bar with a school at the very top if I wanted to, as long as, as long as doing <laughs> It's, it's so there's no zoning clause uh, to my to my place at all. It's kind of crazy. That's incredible. So that was the plan when you bought it two years ago, but you've sort of walked it back a little bit since then, I, right? I left, I left that out of the, when I got my liquor license. I left that part out of the plan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you sounds to me like you could build the Winchester Mystery Bar. Just keep building and never ever stop. Absolutely, <laughs> but I don't think I'm gonna because that's expensive. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's a pretty crazy, crazy old place, and, and getting to um, you know know the history. It, it, I feel like I don't. Well, I do own it because I have to pay all the bills. Um, everyone else owns it too, and and so how do you, you know, walk into a place and do the things that I want to do um, without pissing off hundreds of people? You know, um, the biggest thing is the most. I mean, I, I, I guess the answer to that is you, you. Everything you do when you're dealing with something like that, that people have such an investment emotionally, and anything you do has to be kind of just slow and incremental, right? That's what I'm going to do. Although the first week, I, I had this crazy idea that we're going to accept credit cards here, and that just through people. Through the, <laughs> <laughs> don't do it, man. You got a cash only business. Fucking hold on to that for as long as you can. Yeah, I, I want, you know, my, my thinking was people that, you know, if you got kids are in the bar or whatever, they got a discover card. Like, Oh, just put, give us a round of shots on my tail. You know, that kind of thing versus taking out 40 bucks out of the ATM repeat, repeat repeatedly. They're going to just go somewhere else and use, where they can use their card. I know it was a, it was a novel idea and it would be great to be all cash, but you know, People, if you're not thinking about spending money, you just spend it. And that, that was kind of my thinking. Plus, sales reps with corporate budgets, <laughs> you know. Also that. Well, yeah, I, I remember my, my girlfriend Mandy is from Minneapolis, which is how I discovered Palmer's in the first place. And I think the first time that I went there with her was her first time going there um, after you had switched over to taking credit cards. So we got like a shitload of cash at the ATMs. We're like, we're going to like spend the whole night here. We got to make sure to stack up. And, uh, you know, we, I think we tried to hand it over and the bartender was like, you know, we take cards now, right? (laughs) And, and yeah, just the fact that, that, that one thing had changed and something that's been around for so long is, is, you know, that was mind boggling to her. We had a cash only, a hand painted cash only sign hanging up here in the bar. And we have a, we have a memorial wall. With, you know, kind of, I was going to put it on the on the memorial wall of like past customers and stuff that have passed. But <laughs> you know, that probably wouldn't have been taken the right the right. You know. <laughs> I put it on my '86 board. <laughs> wow. Also have. So we'll see. But yeah, it's uh, it was, yeah, there's something to be said. I know the previous owner paid her mortgage pay- payment with the ATM fees, so that is a nice idea there. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've got a great friend, uh, Jill Coxon. She runs a bar in Kansas City called Swordfish Tom's, and she has an ATM uh, that only charges a $1 fee flat, uh, but she gets that fee, and she told me uh, that the dollar fee in her ATM machine pays her rent every month, so effectively her bar is rent-free. I mean, granted, it's Kansas City, rent probably is $100. I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's tremendously low compared to what I would have to face, but, but like, that's just, it seems like it's it's a no-brainer to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you just took the bar over two years ago. I was wrong that you did it just now. Um, talk a little bit about the bar's history and like what made you, as a, a, a sort of a storied bartender in Minneapolis yourself, want to take over this this huge project. You know, 
Well, I think like like uh, like kind of like every. You know, I was a bartender for yeah, about twenty years, and you know, naively, I think most bartenders have the dream of opening their own bar and you know doing their own their own thing. And, and so I just it was always a fantasy. I love the bar I worked for. I would never have left in a million years because it's a great place, Grumpy's. Um, it's similar in size to Palmer's. It's just a small little twelve bar stools, four booths. That's kind of it. Um, but it, it, you know, but a couple of years ago, uh, my friend Aaron came up to me and he said, uh, "Hey." She wants to sell Palmer's. Wouldn't it be cool <laughs> if like six of them went together and bought it, like on a contract for deed? And I'm like, no, that would be a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't get the idea out of my mind of getting to own, you know, owning a bar is one thing, but getting to own this place in town here, um, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's, have, like a, it's like an institution. Absolutely, I wouldn't have just bought a, a suburban sports bar because that's the fuck. I care about that, but but getting a chance to own a, such a legendary bar, I couldn't get the idea out of my mind. And uh, one of my customers at the bar. One of my customers at the bar happens to be a president of a lending company that gives money to people that with skin that look like mine. Um, uh, they lend to minorities to help them get small business funding. And he's like, we're going to do this. We'll fucking do it. And I'm like, what? And so nine weeks from he told me Palmer's was for sale, I, I bought this real estate with commercial loan, and I got a liquor license, and I owned Palmer's. It was the worst nine weeks of my life by a long shot. Like, you know, every... Every piece of paper, every you know, just the amount of documents, trips to city hall, licensing meetings, meeting police inspectors, and, you know, tell them what my security plan is going to be, so they can whatever, just to prove to them that I kind of know what I'm doing. You know, where did your money come from? It was, it was just, it was like buying ten houses at once. It was the most stressful uh, thing I ever did. And then, and then, and then, but I'll tell you though, I mean, when we were at, at closing. And uh, a friend of mine brought a bottle of champagne, and the woman, the closing lady, goes, oh, "You can you can open that champagne now." Um, I I just I kind of lost it. Like holy, f- like how many people get to say their dreams actually came true, you know? And so I, it was a chance of a lifetime, and I and I and I, I took it, and somehow it worked. Um, and now it's been I, it's been going downhill ever since. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> well, I mean, through through no fault of your own, right? We're talking, you know, COVID oh. of course came along and. Oh, I was just talking about my income. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. You, you, did, did you think you 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 got yourself into a situation where you're going to make money when you owned a bar? Uh, I think David no. and I can both uh, tell you that that's not how it works. What no. what you've done here, sir, is you yeah. purchased yourself a job. You can no longer be fired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I knew the, the guy that owned the Grumpies, I made considerably more money than he did. Um, so I was kind of the main bartender there. So I so I knew that the reality of it was, but my wife wasn't happy about my income lost. You know, having to pay all those bills and such, but. But uh, it, yeah, chance it's, it, you had to do it. You got to do it. You know, just get a chance like that. You know, eventually someday it'll maybe be worthwhile fiscally, but I don't really care about that right now. You know, when yeah, I was in man. back in the day when I was in graphic design school, my teacher, awesome dude, uh, Lynn Dobbins, he was like he was talking to the class, and he was like, it was like just a real cool old hippie dude, uh, drummer guy, and he was like, you know, at some point in your life, you you got to live by yourself. Like, live on your own, like your own apartment, your own house, whatever. Just even for a little bit, just do it so you can know what it's like to, like, not have anyone else around to depend on. But then I feel the same way about, like, being your own boss. You know, at some point in your life, you should experience that. Or at least try, you know? And, like, it is it it is a, a very unique experience, for sure. Oh, it's liberating. And it's absolutely it, liberating. Yeah, yeah and it's, at the same time, I, it's kind of I breathtaking. Mean, takes my breath away all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way, you know. 
Uh, sometimes in like a roller coaster, that's fun way, and sometimes in a shit, I just stepped off a cliff way. Um, but but yeah. you know, every day it's 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 breathtaking and it is liberating. And man, I, I applaud your 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 you're doing it at all, but especially taking on like an institution that just. But but also yeah. that seems to seems to sort of solidify that there's legacy here. Like you've got legs. This place isn't going anywhere as long as you don't go anywhere, right? Yeah, and I got a lot of a lot of people were like, "Oh my God, there's no other person." but better to own this bar than you. I get a lot of that kind of stuff and, and accolades for that. And that made me feel good because I felt truly too. I felt like, yeah, I am the best person to come in and, and you know, because she had a couple other suitors and once she found out that I was interested, she's like, make this fucking happen. Please, 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 please. Anything I do, you know, she's like, make it. Because she knew too because um, I wasn't going to screw it up. I was going to come in and try and give it the, the bar rescue uh, makeover. Or anything, <laughs> you know, like that. Yeah, just wanted to, Thank you know. Thank God. Butt funnel. Yeah, I just, and I mostly have spent the last two years to kind of just trying to keep the bills paid and learn about the history and the people and the, the crazy characters down, down in this neighborhood called the West Bank. Because um, it's, a, it's a lot of everything going on down here. Just, you know. Um, but I guess I want to go back to your question about the history of the bar. I didn't even really talk about that. Um, it opened in 1906. Um it's, you know, I had several different owners uh, throughout the years, of course. And uh, uh, during Prohibition, it was a cafe of some sort. And there was a, uh, a they never stopped serving booze here. Um, there was a tunnel to the bar across the street, another one of the other oldest bars in town. Um, so through the office, my office downstairs, it's been cemented up now. And there's not really any evidence left. But apparently there was a tunnel um, from my office into the basement of the bar across the street so that, you know, people were partying and doing whatever. They could run downstairs, go through the tunnel, come up and run out the back door of the other bar across the street. So they didn't get caught in, a, in, in prohibition. But there was a, uh, there was a, on the fifth step going up to the upstairs office uh, apartment, well, so, so brothel at the time, there was a buzzer on the fifth step, like a foot buzzer. And then the guy would uh, come to the glass window at the top of the stairs and, you know, wave you in and they come in and up here there's a series of like now there's only about six six rooms but they have kind of the schoolhouse uh with a window on the top and uh, like in a classroom deal the old classrooms but they were they had ladies up there and it was a it was a, it was a brothel for some time probably during prohibition and 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 before um, i feel like having your secret bar escape tunnel lead to another bar is a terrible idea <laughs> like if you're quick the bar's getting raided let's get in the secret tunnel so we can be seen leaving the bar and brothel across the street no well, one will suspect a thing only only it's, is a terrible idea for the owner i think if you're a customer because <laughs> there's more booze over there i don't know man <laughs> you know like when, whenever uh, the doh is doing inspections around the neighborhood don't you like text all your buddies that at neighboring bars i mean like they're not gonna oh, yeah. like Every show time. up right then and there it's like you could just go to the other bar while you're getting inspected and then uh you know <laughs> come back and there was a there was a place <laughs> in oklahoma city that was like that there's a hilo club and then edna's and there was a tunnel going under the the road there and like it was the same deal there was like a, a brothel upstairs of the hilo club and like yeah you just like fucking escape through the tunnel and then like whenever the heat like left you just go back man <laughs> i love it i mean this is true hey man, uh, that's that's a real community right yeah 
This is true of Holiday Cocktail yeah. Lounge right here in the East Village. There's still, it's still, it, it, it isn't uh, covered up. There's still a tunnel that leads from Holiday Cocktail Lounge across the street to the theater. So people would ditch out of the bar and pop out of the theater across the street. Um, it's amazing stuff, uh, and it, it adds cult. It adds some you know character to the history of the thing. Um, let's take a quick break uh, and hear from our sponsors here on Heritage Radio Network. Uh, we'll come right back and keep talking with Tony Zaccardi uh, uh, from Minneapolis. Stay tuned. episode is brought to you by Bend a Table, a monthly food subscription service for avid home cooks focused on delicious and sustainable pantry items. Bend a Table is founded by Ben Simon, a longtime food lover, advocate, and experimenter. Ben goes around the country finding the stuff that you would buy if you were vacationing somewhere cool like Charleston or California, and he buys it for you and sends it to you in a box. Bend a Table has three different subscription plans. One, pantry essentials, incredible dry staples each month. Rancho Gordo beans, Geechee Boy grits, and community grain pastas. All excellent, by the way. Global Delicacies is another choice, and it's a way to explore the cuisine of different countries and cultures. Delicacy boxes might include razor clams from Spain, tinned, obviously, wheat lacoche from Mexico, or grilled artichokes in oil from Italy. Bend a Table includes both the Pantry Essential and the Global Delicacy Plan. By purchasing any subscription, you'll help sustainable, well-produced ingredients and small producers stay alive in today's big business environment. Start your monthly subscription at bendatable.com. That's B-E-N-T-O-T-A-B-L-E.com. Use the discount code HRN to get $20 off a new subscription, and Bend a Table will donate $10 to support all of HRN's programming. And we're back. You're listening to The Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. Today we're talking with Tony Zaccardi, live from Palmers in Minneapolis. Storied institutional Palmers. How are you, man? I'm good. Good. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, dude. So I... I, I had I had something really funny happen when I called you and asked you to be on the show. Well, first of all, I just I I called with an actual phone, which you know it's something that I never would have done. But hey, your our parents were right; it gets results. Um, so I called the bar, you picked up. I asked if you'd be interested in coming on the Speakeasy, um, and I think you said like, "Oh yeah, did you see my clips on CNN?" And I I had a moment where I was like, "No, I." I know Palmer's from the giant Jameson shots. I was like, you were on CNN? <laughs> I, just, I just didn't assume. Yeah, it was the craziest, weirdest thing in the world. Like, I just, you know, uh, when the riots and stuff the started, the looting all that started happening, we're about a mile and a half from, from the third precinct. Um, and, and we're on a main uh, district or a main, main thoroughfare for a road. Um, I went down there the next morning and saw um, just a, a lot of the destruction, saw a couple of the restaurants and bars that have been smashed up and, and have since been burned down. Um, and I just went, oh man, I'm going to board up the bar today. And uh, I did. And I, last minute, I put, I'm, I'm black, I put black owned business on the, we covered up our big statue up front and our glass black windows. <clears throat> just last minute, black owned business, didn't think any more of it. And I posted on Facebook, I said, hey, okay, Minneapolis, please take care of my baby. You know, like, because the, uh, the, I can't think of the word, so they're making a curfew, uh, the curfew at eight o'clock each night for, for a few days here in Minneapolis. And uh, that photo, for some reason, went crazy viral. Like next morning, 
10 a.m. I had an, e- an email from Newsweek. And I'm like, what the fuck? Newsweek? They, they saw that. I wanted to do it at three. So I did an essay for Newsweek. And then next morning, I had an email from CNN because they saw the Newsweek essay. Uh, and so I went on the air with John King live at, you know, 11 o'clock in the afternoon or whatever, or 11 in the morning. And then uh, next day, CNBC wanted me, wanted me on because they saw the Newsweek thing. And then I did a follow up with news. So it's just, and then I did all the local local things too, um, just because I just took this dumb picture. Uh, but it becoming like suddenly I'm a spokesperson for Minneapolis, and I don't I don't know why or how, but um, it's pretty 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 weird to be on on on, uh, on CNN you know live. Yeah. So what so what was that like? Because I mean we were talking about you know what what your your you know you buy the bar and you have all these plans for the future and like. I don't think you could have ever imagined if someone had shown up from two years in the future, be like, dude, guess what? Like pretty soon a photo that you take of your boarded up bar is going to go viral and you're going to be like, you know, the face of, of, you know, black owned businesses in Minneapolis. Like what was that like? I mean, also you take the helm of a, of a, of an institution, you take, you, you're now the voice of that institution. So I think it, it, it all adds up to me. Yeah, I mean, it adds up, and I get it. And it was a—they were just looking for kind of any story, it's just something. And it was a personal touch story, I guess, too. But yeah, it was—I mean, I couldn't imagine somebody telling me about six months ago that my bar was going to be boarded up and I was going to be on CNN, or yeah, that I was going to own a bar, and then yeah, uh, I—it I, was—I couldn't even wrap my head around it. And now, like, I don't go out that much just because I'm still being cautious. But now, when I'm going out to bars here and there, um, it's like still like, oh, don't, you know, um, they're pretty recognizable person so people know who i am and then want to talk about tv stuff it's like yeah i guess i i, I did get to do that so i'll so I'll, I'll own it you know um pretty uh pretty weird but it, it's uh you know with during all this like i you know i didn't handle myself well for the first two months or month that we were closed for sure but uh i kind of that breathed some life into me and my motivation to get a few things done around the bar like I, you know i have an old had an old crappy drop ceiling i'm exposing the old tin and it's getting new bathrooms, which I think the ladies are going to be so beyond thrilled about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a bathroom that had a stall in it. And it's about a you know ten square foot bathroom, and so now now I took the stall and put a lock on the door, which of course people are you know fifty fifty on, but I, it just you can't distance in a bathroom that small. Somebody's waiting outside the stall while you're taking a leak or whatever. So um, just trying to you know stay, been trying to stay positive now. Finally, like you know a lot of morning drinking when it first all happened yeah um, but uh coming coming yeah. back around. yeah you're not you're not alone in the gin for breakfast club i can tell you that right now yeah, yeah not at all pal not at all um so as the restrictions are being lifted you told me off the air that uh, uh where you're at you can do 50 percent capacity indoors but you're you're not going to do that you're going to do your outdoor patio uh, coming up soon. Talk about what it's going to be like for you to slowly reopen and, and take care of your customers and your staff by uh, following all the rules that you can. Well, yeah, and that's kind of a big thing because what I've been doing is people are banging it because our bars are opening now here. As of June 1st, you can start doing stuff. And, um, I, I've i been kind of wanting, I've been going to places to kind of see and get a feel for how bars are doing it. Um, and I've had really good experiences and I've had some really bad experiences, you know. Um, people running up to me, don't back off a little bit, you know, whatever. But I want, um, <laughs> I want, I'm going to go patio, because my bar is only 65 capacity, uh, cut that in half, 32 people, that's as many seats as I have in this bar. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, that's with every, you know, 17 bar stools and the three tables that I have here. Um, so this is not going to work. So I think for now, 
I, I blessed with it. I have my patio is twenty seven hundred square feet, and uh, and so I'm going to maximize that. I can have whoa 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 twenty seven hundred square feet, and the bar is thirteen ninety seven. Holy shit! <laughs> massive, massive patio, and uh, there's a chunk of about 400 square foot that has never been used. It's just like dirt, and so I'm adding on to the deck whatever thing that I have. And um, for now, that's going to get me six more tables, but eventually it'll be you know 12, 12 tables back there. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll probably have 20 tables on my patio, um, thereabouts, plus a lot of bench seating and stuff. So I'd, I'll be able to seat people. But what I want is you're going to come in through the gate. The outside gate, there'd be a guy there checking you in because uh, you have to have reservations in Minneapolis. You really have to make reservations to go to a bar, just, probably for contact tracing. Um, but yeah. we'll be taking people's names and phone numbers when they get here, one person in the group. Um, and in, in our, our rules are it could be four to a table, six if it's all family or if they all live together, which is how, how the hell do you, you know. So I'm going to go four to a table, and I don't want, is anyone, I don't want leaning. I don't want people standing at a, at a rail, you know, because people are, because I've seen, and maybe you've seen it too, is people start drinking, you just get closer and closer and closer and closer, and then all hell, all hell breaks loose. And I don't want that. I want to be, I want to be strict. I want to be an asshole for a while. It's like, hey, I know you spent a lot of money here, but now's not the time to challenge you on this. You know, I'm gonna have lots of signs and stuff, and and then uh, you know, come in the come in the one. I have two doors out to my patio, so you come in one, go to the bathroom, go out the other one, just so there's no choke points, stuff like that. Um, so I just, I don't, I don't, as anyone, you know, the big fear, and you guys could understand this, is somebody comes here and goes, yeah, I was at Palmer's and I got, I ended up testing positive for COVID. It was my first experience back at a bar. I'm never going back. And then that goes on social media. And then you're blacklisted for a while or whatever. And I don't want that. I want people to come here and be shocked at, at how safe and comfortable they were. Um, yeah, I, that, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to kind of go over the top with, uh, with the theater of it all. Uh, we are abs- absolutely doing what we're supposed to do. We're being very theatrical about it. In fact, one of the things that we're doing is when we seat people at the table, we walk up with a bottle of pump spray uh, hand sanitizer. Yep. And I literally pull it out and start to point it, and people just put their hands out. Like yep. they're already used to it. I spray their hands. I sit the bottle down on the table and say, this is for you to use while you're here. Um, you know, and then that's how the whole thing begins. So you just got to be, I think people are willing to accept what the new earth is bringing, uh, as long yeah. as they can get to the reward, which is to be out and have a drink and, and share your company. Oh, so like, so be, be as, be as stern as you want to be. I think people are going to accept it. Yeah. And I think, I think truthfully, I think for the most part, people will respect it. It's just, they know, you know, they know you care. They know you care about, I care about my staff because you know, if everyone gets sick, everyone that was working that day is quarantined for two weeks, and I only have you know, 16 employees total, so we're, we're going to run out of staff really fast. But my other big yeah. thing is I'm going to see what the, 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 the extra $600 that we're all getting, that everyone's getting uh, in unemployment, who wants to come back to work? You know, any yeah, sooner than they sure. You know, so that's kind of, so I'll be, because I can bartend, I'll probably be working lots of shit, lots of hours, you know, which yeah. is fine. You know, another thing on that, the social distancing for your customers thing, like we've, we've been like, you know, you've got your cohort or your group, whatever. Um, you know, when you go to a bar, you, you end up running into a lot of people that, you know, and you kind of go to see and be seen a lot of times. And so we've definitely, you know, we have our hand sanitizer out for our customers, but we're also like, all right. So and you kind of have to lay it on thick, right? So people like right. actually get it into their heads that that, that they that we're not in the clear yet. So, you know, we definitely tell people it's like, hey, we know you're probably going to see like while you're hanging out here. It's like, want to make sure that like you know, give them the rundown on the bathrooms and that whole protocol. But also, it's like, 
please, like, for your own safety, for our safety, for, like, everyone else around you, also just for their mental safety, it's like, please don't get up and go over and, like, talk to people and be, like, very cavalier about it. You know, like, just, like, just kind of, like, say hi from a distance, you know, like, just be very aware that we're not, you know, we just kind of tell them, we're just like, we're not, we're not out of this yet. This is, like, we, we kind of even said, like, uh, on several occasions, like, you know, we shouldn't be doing this yet. Right. So, right. Like, you know, you just kind of tell, like, put, you kind of, like, when you talk about the theatrics of it, it's like, yeah, like, put some fucking fear in the customers' like heads because it's like, it needs to be to a certain level, you know? So, like, yeah, I, and I don't yeah, think there's yeah. anything, like, Zach, like, uh, you know, like Tony was saying, like, he's like, yeah, I'll be the asshole for a while, you know? And, like, you kind of have to. Yeah. For a little I, while. I, uh, you know? I want, I want masks on if you're not at your table, you know, that's the biggest get up to go to the bathroom, mask on, that kind of stuff. If you're not oh, wearing a mask on. And here it's a $1,000 fine to be indoors without a mask. I mean, uh, that's the rule here in New York. Uh, for an outdoor cafe, you must you must wear a mask until you're seated and and must put your mask back on at any time you stand up. And you're not allowed to stand. So standing up is just to basically leave or possibly go to the bathroom. And many places aren't even offering bathroom. So mm-hmm. it's mask on while you're standing at any time and no standing allowed so that's how it is here and there's a big fine for it so we're letting people know straight away that we won't tolerate it because we can't afford the fine that'll put us out of business yeah absolutely and i, yeah, I it's I like, just want sorry uh, i was just gonna say it's like being on an airplane there's no reason to be standing like if you're not like you're either sitting down or in the bathroom right that's yeah. that's it <laughs> it's, i, I want to have a big giant poster made that literally just says don't fuck this up for us that's a little i think that's <laughs> yeah that's the best way to get that point across. It's like, Dude, you know, I yes. love that you have a bar that, that that would probably go over well. You know, oh, like absolutely. like a lot of a lot of places that, that are too stuffy or too fancy or whatever probably couldn't get away with that. But I, I bet that, you know, a place like yours could say, like, look, man, don't fuck this up for us because fucking it up for us is fucking it up for you. Absolutely. If you want to be here, make sure we're be, we're here, right? Yeah, go down the street and fuck it up for somebody else because there are bars here that clearly – there are plenty of places in town that – open up like it was fucking last February. You know, they don't give a shit. It, it's just, you know, it, every bar stool is right where it was. Every table is right where it was. And they don't care, you know. And I just, like, I don't want to be that bar. If people are just that, because there are people who are going to get pissy about having to write their names down at the drawer, name and phone number. But you know what? Go, go somewhere else. Then. I don't I don't, you know, I don't. need this. Um, yeah. It's, just, it's like, you know, I'd, love, I'd love to be packed, of course. Just like, you know. I you mean, get, just let them know. You hate, right? You hate having... They hate having to give you your name. You hate fucking writing it down, but we got to do this right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, you know, and I'm, and people are banging on me. What are you going to open? And I love, I have an excuse now because I decided a week and a half ago to tear out my ceiling and uh, and redo the bathrooms. So I had now I have, hey, I can't be open. You know, we got to, whatever. So I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm not, I've, I've got money in the bank because of all the, the government money. And so my bills are paid and I can wait. And you, yeah, I know we'll be packed once we open or packed as we can be. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not in any hurry. Another couple of weeks. That's probably. good. Yeah. I, I think, think better uh, to do the, the right biggest thing, thing. If, you, if you've got the buffer, it's better to do the right thing. Yeah, it's a chance of a lifetime. Truly, like as a new bar owner, you just to, to get three months plus now of just not having to be open. I could just my bills are all paid. The shit I was behind on, um, that's all back to you know reset to zero. I've got money in my bank, and I have the time to to do a project like like we're doing. You never get that chance because you, know, you need every dollar coming in all the all the time, of course. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so I'm pretty pretty lucky in that in that aspect. Sure. Yeah, and we're kind of like are always tethered to that that 
financial burden and fear, you know, like as, as small business owners. And like, it's been kind of like, you know, we've seen a lot of places like, like we we're talking with Craig Nelson, right? And he was saying like, there's like kind of what you're saying. Like he was saying that, you know, like, there's these bars that are just opening and like, they're, they don't give a fuck. And they're like just letting, you know, they're opening the floodgates for people to come in and they're like running their businesses irresponsibly just to like put some money in the bank. And like, it's kind of like this weird greed and like, need that's going on it's like but it, it, there's a risk and a cost you know that comes with that kind of like jumping the gun um yeah, yeah. yeah I so like to make as much as they can on unemployment you know yeah <laughs> it, totally it's just no reason um yeah totally i mean i love yeah. it right now i'm kind of you guys can not, really to this too is like i you know i play music and i play in bands and uh, and yeah, and we have, we have a tiny stage here, and I have a huge one outdoors, but uh, a tiny little stage, but it's you know storied as well or whatever in its own right. And I certainly missed seeing seeing rock shows. You know, I that, I was to show for sold out four hundred capacity shows. The Black Lips were playing, uh, and uh, the Black Keys one, Black Lips, and uh, you know it's one of those like everyone's sweaty and you're next to each other, you're just you know trying to get up front, so you're just sliming all over each other, and oh oh you know excuse me, and it's like. And then I look back and go, wait a minute, that's I can't even imagine ever doing that again. But I certainly right. miss I certainly miss seeing live music and playing that's been, playing playing live music. Yeah, that's been a huge bummer for me because I'm also a musician. Like I, I you know, like it's I miss seeing shows and I miss like playing, obviously. And it's like it's more so than like running the business in a way that like is familiar to me and like feels comfortable and, and like effective for like our customers and the neighborhood and everything. It's like Man, I, you know, it's it's kind of nice to see things starting to like you know go through like phase two and kind of like getting back to open. But re- what really bothers me is, and I like I've been feeling it so hard, man. Like not being able to see live music or play it, you know, it's been crazy. Yeah, we I did live one in live, but I was scared about having the. So we did it from here. We're a six-piece band. We have four guitar players and uh, oh, shit. whatever. But I was scared yeah. to like show that we were inside of Palmer's with six people not very well distanced so we, yeah. we cut it down to we used just four of us and did a live stream thing for a festival that we were supposed to do but other than that yeah I haven't touched my bass really since March you know it's like it's a, yeah yeah that's I mean, a that's a ba- unique uh, that's a unique layer to the hardship of uh, of COVID is of course that uh, um, you know we can't have live uh, events for the people but also you the musicians are kind of locked out of it um, and you do offer live music at at the bar, right? Yeah, so, five, so that's gonna so that's gonna be impacted. Yeah, karaoke is is dead to the world, for, for, which is fine by me. But but uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> <laughs> can't ever ever imagine grabbing a mic after somebody else. You know, and we were trying to in those couple of weeks before we closed, we were cleaning the, the the balls on the microphones and wiping all those stands and all that kind of stuff just to put on the show. Like, hey, they're they're trying. But uh, yeah, yeah. The, only, the only positive I think though is. Can you imagine the fucking songs that have been written in the last three three months? Like, dude, yeah. Are, I'm not a songwriter. These people that are tremendous songwriters that have nothing to do with their time, because um, they're not touring. Uh, think of the music that's that the songs that are going to come out. I'm pretty stoked about that. And dude, I, I, I keep saying to all my musician buddies, I'm like, you know what? If you don't come out, like, if you don't come out of COVID with like the next like Dark Side of the Moon or Pet Sounds, yeah. like, you're yeah. not you're not really in it, man. <laughs> I totally agree. We went and recorded a record in Mississippi in, in January, 
and uh, thank God we got that done and out of the way before all this, you know. Um, yeah, for sure, man. But it's kind of crazy because, like, what do you do? Like, touring is like for the rest of the year, like for this whole year, basically there's no tours, you know, it's like all the festivals are down. Like one of my bandmates, he's a, a web programmer and coder. And like, he created a new app called check one, two. And like, it's a live music streaming app. And they've been doing like stuff from like the Ryman auditorium and like from skinny Dennis in Brooklyn and like the dive motel in uh, Nashville and like all this, like they're doing rad stuff, but it's like, it's kind of weird to think that that's like, somewhat like the new norm right it's right yeah because I, I don't i don't i've not really watched any live streams i just i can't get into it can't get excited about it but they're, they're, the current which is our local big radio station here it's independent radio um they they do uh they're doing like with their schedules you know they do the live live music because now it's all like seven o'clock streaming on you know their website is so-and-so atmosphere whoever they, they do a rundown of the, the live streams each each day which is kind of cool it's a nice nice thing but i just I haven't had the, you know, and everyone's got their Venmo thing attached to it. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's cool that like, you know, rock and roll always finds a way, you know, but, uh, but at the same time, it's also, to me, it's like kind of a bummer to watch live stream. And like, I still do it because I miss, I I miss music that much, but then at the same time, it just like makes me miss it even more sometimes when I'm watching these things. Right. (laughs) Yeah, because man, I, I want to you know, I want the fucking kick drum hit me and you know hit me in the fucking chest and and uh, loud fucking cymbals and guitars. And that's what I need, you know. Well, yeah. and it's, as you mentioned, even just yeah. the close proximity, the sweat of other people, like, yeah, man, getting down in the pit, doing doing the thing. Yeah, it's uh, so we'll see. You know, hopefully, and there are people. There's people are doing shit like sitting in their cars and then honking, <laughs> and you know, instead of clapping in an audience, there's like, you know, some friends of mine were gonna do this thing in Wisconsin they're trying to figure out how they could set up some merch if everyone's sitting in their cars and he talked about like running a zip line so you put your credit card on there and then the t-shirt pack comes back <laughs> <laughs> hey man you gotta get creative dude or well I mean sports aren't going on right now think of all the t-shirt guns that are just lying unused in stadiums <laughs> yeah, seriously Greg's a, Greg's a creative yeah. thinker <laughs> I mean, you have your merch set up at the exit, and as a, as people are driving out, you offer it to them, uh, you know, kind of stop and pick up. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's all kinds of ways around that shit, I guess. And I, I know that the sort of drive-through movie theater thing is coming back. I hadn't even thought about drive drive-in uh, rock shows. That sounds fucking pretty amazing, frankly. Yeah, pretty weird. So at least you're getting some of the, you know, like you said, the the beat of the drum in your chest and stuff. You're getting some of that. You're not getting the full thing, but beats you know it's just, it's a mid-step between watching a live stream and and getting to be in the show itself yeah so awesome. that patio i'll be able to do, and i have a stage out there so i'll be able to have you know seated concerts i guess for if you will for for, for a while which i'm pretty stoked about and now and because no one's playing you know there's a lot of musicians i can get probably get bigger bands from in town that are friends with that would never normally play here um just because they can't you know yeah i'll come play oh, yeah, man. for 200 bucks but normally like they're an eight thousand dollar band, you know. Because people just want to play, so I'm, I'm trying to start to try and think about all that shit, and and uh, yeah, I'm excited about. It. So I'm 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 super hopeful, and and, and said I had such, such an amazing opportunity personally as far as COVID goes, as far as the bar goes. But like, I'm excited. Like I'm I. This is a great thing for me for the bar, um, and uh, it's getting to getting to bring it back and rethink and and. Uh, you know, people are just like you said, chomping to the bits just to see another human that they they know. You know, oh, I forgot about you. You know that kind of stuff. And, yeah. yeah, 
You know, it's kind of crazy. Like thinking about the opportunity for change of like, like we in the last few years we've experienced the Me Too stuff. We've experienced COVID stuff. We all the BLM stuff that's going on. You know, it's like there's like this huge crazy reset button that's being pushed right now on humanity it seems like you know so like it's it's and it's you know obviously it's something that really needed to happen on each one of those accounts so like the world that like like as we've been calling it new earth it's like it it feels very very hopeful you know and it's very exciting to like see this massive change through many different channels over the past few years and I don't know. Like you said, you're you're excited and hopeful, and I, man, me too. Like, um, it's I don't know. It's just it's kind of it's refreshing. I, I think we're seeing. I think people seem kinder. You know. And, yeah, exactly. And, and I just even just during the the stuff that's happening here, people just you know punk rock dudes like, hey man, I got a pickup truck and forty sheets of drywall. What can I do? How, where can I go? So, you know, send me somewhere to help. Uh, and that's been great. Even Home Depot was selling uh, plywood at that costs to people that were just trying to go out and help, you know, any, you know, uh, a friend of mine went, he bought a hundred sheets of plywood and they gave him to him at cost. Cause he said, he's just going to go drive around and help people pour it up. And, uh, so even on, on that home depot has their own problem, but on that corporate level, you're seeing that, but just in general, like anyone, you know, big people in town, you know, harm our superstars putting together things and, you know, how can we, how can we help each other? And, and it's a, not in a cheesy way. It's, it's great to see, you know, but it's also still great to go to a bar and have a whole bunch of drinks. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I mean, in the end, in the end, you know, we keep saying we're 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 all in the same storm. We're all in different boats, but we're all in the same storm, and we I think we all want to see each other survive and get through it. You know, yeah, it's, it's just weird when you really stop and think. Like, fuck, my bar is closed. I have to lay off my employees. Oh, every bar in the entire planet just had to do the same thing. So, yeah. okay, you know, um, and so that that helped me mentally. Like, same. I don't want to my staff. But it's like okay, though this is I've never none of us ever experienced anything like this. It's the entire world is affected. Yeah. But we said out of that, we've seen some cool shit, some good you know, uh, creativity and positivity, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. My yeah, mom, who's great. always been historically like the biggest pessimist, at least when it comes to me. Um, but she, uh, <laughs> it, it took it took my mom saying, "Man, everyone's in the same position right now. Don't worry." And I'm like, "Wait, who the fuck are you?" <laughs> like. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Wait, you're dropping some damn knowledge on me that I have never heard from you before. But yeah, it's totally true. It's like, but there's some comfort in that, you know, knowing okay. that we're all in it in the same way, you know. Yeah, uh, well, t- Tony. But I really want to fucking way? play a rock and roll show, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tony, what's the best way for the listener to follow what you're doing? What's your Instagram handle for oh. yourself or for the bar or both? My personal one, and I haven't been too active on it lately, but it's I, my personal Instagram is St. Paul, which is pretty sweet. Um, except for that was ice. available? Wow. Except for doing crashed ice, because when the Red Bull crashed ice comes to town, everyone's hashtagging St. Paul, so it all gets comes to me. But, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Instagram for the bar is uh, Palmer's Bar. Uh, Twitter is Minneapolis, MPLS Palmer's. Um, I'm Tony Zaccardi. And then, uh, you know, Instagram or Facebook is pretty easy to find. And that's kind of been my most, I, I know it's grandpa time, but I, that's kind of still, I do a lot of, a lot of Facebook stuff because of the reach. Um, and, uh, yeah. and such, but it's been great because I've been selling, you know, merch and you can, I had to set up, that's what I was doing to make money. I was selling t-shirts and 
ceiling tiles off my website, off of our from our ceiling. Oh <laughs> shit, that's great. <laughs> that's brilliant. I, I own a piece of Palmer's kind of deal. Own a piece of the bar. That's awesome. Yeah. How how old is that drop ceiling? Uh, the nearest we can, the best guess. Somebody said he thinks he remembers it in the early seventies. So if you look at Palmer's, it, it used to be just a rectangle. It's a corner. It was a corner bar at one point, but they cut off half of the second floor to put it in, in nineteen seventy four to put a walkway over the street across. It was the stupidest thing ever. It was kind of weird insider trading bullshit. But uh, <laughs> they cut 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 down and they cut past part past the tin ceiling. So. I think that's when it went in in 1974. Um, but there's, you know, there's HVAC up there, and not much HVAC, uh, and then just, you know, wiring and conduit, and that's all getting taken out tomorrow uh, and banging Dude, the thing that's left. Your back. customers don't have to worry about COVID; they should worry about asbestos. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My birthday was last Saturday, and it's all happy birthday. All, like, thank you, and it's all like half inch. You know, on the 13s, we we ripped down all the tiles, and. It was the most disgusting, awful, you know, there were no dead mice or birds. I couldn't believe it. But, but just the amount of dust, <laughs> 45 years of dust and lead paint chips. And old smoke from when you could smoke inside, I'm sure, yeah. It's, I mean, just the, the, the it was awful. Um, but the lead is, yeah, it was all lead paint. It was like walking on, imagine if your entire bar floor was coated in, like, potato chips. It was just, wow. But that's all. Most of that is done now, and, and uh, I'm going to leave it. You know, it's in kind of rough shape, but uh, as far as like the paint or whatever, but I'm not going to paint it. It looks cool and rustic, and you know, it, it really feels like truly like giving back to our to customers and our, our family here or whatever. It's like here, this has been here for uh, hidden for 45 years. You know, so it's like, yeah, it's, like back and it, it's amazing how much bigger it looks in here. And it's probably yeah, that's, that's awesome. and and the bathrooms are. That's you know what yeah, I love so, in this time? Like we get we get extremely creative when we're put up against the wall, you know, like in like selling ceiling tiles to raise money is like you were going to have to get rid of them anyway, <laughs> you know, but also yeah, like yeah. like you can put that in a frame and like you get that in your house. Like you got part of the bar at your house, man. That's that's brilliant. Now yeah, I want to rip up the ceiling in my bar. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't clean it. I dusted them off because as a courtesy, wife, I gave him a courtesy wipe, if you will. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and then I put a little kind of goofy COA certificate of authenticity in there. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's rich. And putting them in vinyl, like vinyl poly bags for your record bags and then yeah. shipping them in vinyl boxes because if they're in a record box, their media mail. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. God bless, God bless the U.S. Post Office. <laughs> I brought 80 of them to the post office. Oh, records, huh? I'm like, yep, new release day. Amazing. It's literally going to pay for this ceiling restoration, which is like... It's a couple thousand dollars I've, I've made selling ceiling tiles. That's incredible, man. That's so good. So, yeah, well, listen, we're, we're all looking forward to the brand new old ceiling. We're all looking forward to the new bathrooms and, and, and getting our way out there to Palmer's Bar in Minneapolis to see it. Um, really, really great having you on. Thanks for giving us your time today and uh, talking about all these uh, current topics. Um, really appreciate having you on, man. Oh, I appreciate it, guys. I'll, I'll be, I can't wait to get out to New York again and, and uh, try and meet up with you guys. Yeah, I'd lo- love, love to make you a Negroni at the bar. Oh, oh. I was doing yeah. an Aperol Spritz yesterday, so I, I'm, in the, I'm in the frame of mind. Right <laughs> nice. 
Uh, well, I got a quick message here from Heritage Radio Network. Is there someone in your life you miss? A podcast lover, a home cook, an amateur mixologist? Uh, give $60 in support of Heritage Radio Network today, and we'll send you and your friend one of our limited edition bandanas. They're made by the guys at Mover and Shaker, uh, which is an awesome company. Uh, show someone you're there for them, just like HRN has been here for you. Go to heritageradionetwork.org forward slash donate today and become a member of Heritage Radio Network. Um, and that's all I've got, gents. Anything further to say? I, I do. Uh, yeah. Why don't you plug your bands real quick, man? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. For oh, my band? Uh, yeah. I played a band called, a rock band called Eleganza, E-L-E-G-A-N-Z-A, uh, exclamation point. And that's like a six, you know, four, four guitars, you know, loud rock and roll, you know, fast Rolling Stones kind of a thing. And then I played oh, a band yeah. called Romantica. Um, that's a band I've played out in New York with a handful of times. Um, and then I sometimes have a Guns N' Roses cover band called Appetite for Zaccardi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my dream was to play Appetite for Destruction from start to finish because it's my favorite record of all time. And, uh, yeah. and I want to play, and, 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 and we did it. Well, we did most of it. And we, it was a joke thing. And we, you know, played tons of now. And, and uh, so that's all I'm doing these days. But most of it's on hold. Nice. No, it's all on hold. Yeah. Well, at least they can check out your music. And be ready for the time that you actually are able to play live, and then that's that's gonna be a fun thing, man. Because uh, you know everyone's gonna know all the lyrics to all your songs, and it's gonna okay. be like the most fucking lit concert ever, man. <laughs> I, I sure hope. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. well, thank you again for having me on, guys. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Oh, dude, yeah, it's on. awesome having you here. I dig it. Oh, man. Awesome. Cool. Well, cool. I guess that's that for the Speakeasy this week. Check out Heritage Radio Network for many more programs like this one. Tony, thanks again for being on the show. And uh, again, we can't wait to see you in person and check out the bar and check out the music, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Till next time, y'all. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers, guys. Thank you. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.